Castro has big trouble. I wonder how Floyd feels being beat by a woman for once. Ireland have achieved the unthinkable. They have defeated four times world champions New Zealand. O'Sullivan's got a drive for that line, but Gabriela Chabot's the Olympic champion. Sonia O'Sullivan is beaten on the line. What a fantastic final lap, but what a response from Sonia O'Sullivan. A perfect Hello and welcome. My name is Clina Foley and this is Off the Bench a podcast about women's sports which we hope will educate and entertain sports fans of all ages and genders. You can find all our previous episodes on iTunes or if you go into offtheball.com, go into their podcast link, you'll find Off The Bench in there and all our previous episodes are in there. We have a Twitter handle, it's called at Off The Bench OTB, capital OTB. So if you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd be happy to get them there too. Our last episode of Off The Bench was with three of the members of the Irish women's hockey team who made history last weekend by becoming the first Irish team, a women's team of any sport to qualify for the Olympics. I'm not sure people are aware of that, but we've never had a women's team of any kind in the Olympics, in the history of the Olympics, which is an amazing thing. Never mind how they did it. I'm going to talk that with our new guests now. Um, So time moves on in sport. It moves very rapidly and we're straight away into the next big thing. And we're into the rugby season already at club level um, and at international level. So our guests this morning are three members of the Irish women's rugby team. On my left, uh, starting with Anna Capeless, we're going to discuss her surname in a minute and how (laughs) difficult it is to (laughs) to get it right. In the middle, Nicole Cronin and down the end, Hand O'Connor. Welcome to Off the Bench. Thank you very much. We're delighted to have you guys. It's so amazing to have you. And before we go further, we have to talk about the women's hockey team and the play and the, the, the penalty shootout. Absolutely. Where were you, Hannah? On Saturday, I actually went to it. Ooh! Yeah, I went to it with a couple <laughs> the wet, of really the wet night. Yeah, so we had gone. Like, obviously, I think like everybody when the World Cup was on during, was that the summer? Last summer, yeah. Last summer, yeah. yeah. Watched it avidly, thought that we knew all the rules. Then we got there on the Saturday, figured out that we actually didn't really know much about it at all. <laughs> so one of our friends was actually, uh, she had played a lot of hockey and knew a lot about it. So we were plaguing her every two seconds, like, why can they do that? Why is that wrong? Could you do that? I know. But What's that free for? Yeah, exactly. So we went on the Saturday, got drenched out of it, but really enjoyed it. The atmosphere it was unbelievable. It was uh, brilliant to even be there and just a massive crowd, absolutely jammed. I think really? it's been a while since I've seen Energy Park jammed that full. So full um, of so and Nicole, where were you them. watching it or did you see it? I was it? actually sitting at home in Limerick in my <laughs> sitting room. <laughs> Screaming yeah. at the TV. Screaming like at the, rest the TV, of us. yeah, absolutely. Wasn't it nerve wracking? Absolutely, yeah. Especially when it went to the penalty shootout. It was my brother turned my brother rang me the next day to say like he turned it off at three one. He was so oh, upset for no. them. But thankfully he changed his mind and he turned <laughs> it back on <laughs> about two minutes later and he yeah. couldn't believe it. Where were you watching it? Um I, I was travelling. I didn't oh, yeah. see it. I like similar to last year, um with the play with the World Cup. Yeah, and everything was coming in like in the morning because I was actually like 
where I was in Japan last year, so was seeing everything in the morning. So similar, I just kind of log on and there's all these unbelievable, amazing videos and actually <laughs> making me like tear up oh. all these things on like Twitter and just a, a, such an incredible achievement. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you, it's you, amazing. I was asking because Nicole is from Limerick, I was asking, did you know, but do you have a connection, a, a remote connection with Roisin Upton? Yeah, um, her brother Sean was in my class. Um, <laughs> in UL. In UL, yeah, we were... Did we do German together? Who's in one of my language classes anyway? And uh, forty yeah. in Ireland, there's always three degrees of separation. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody else. There's always a link there. Yeah. Languages oh. it today. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll discuss her languages in a minute because there's a lot of them, obviously. And I didn't know Japanese was one of them until very recently. Nicole, you should see her most preferred one. <laughs> At the bottom of the scrum, I take Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to talk rugby with you because um, on November the 10th, actually, is the, is the Autumn International. You play in Wales, and we'll talk about that later on as well. But it's kind of, you're, you're into All-Ireland League, you're playing All-Ireland League, the interprovincials are over, so the season is really kicking in, and we'll talk about that. But the first thing I wanted to ask you was, something interesting has actually happened in just this morning um, Hannah uh, you play with Black Rock and you play for Leinster and Leinster are after announcing something this morning that's a first again yeah historic event again uh, a double header announced with Harlequins this December on the 28th so we'll head over and get to play in Twickenham yeah. against the ladies of Harlequins so, so it's it's a friendly game but it's being played in Twickenham which yeah is a, as a double header with their men's team as well of a fixture on the same day I think beforehand isn't it? Yeah, the men before. And she's and, she, yeah. and for people who don't know, she's looking at Anna because you play for Harlequins <laughs> in England. Yeah. All right. So you're going to be playing against them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, all going well. We will get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Be good yeah. fun. But um, yeah. Harlequins are unusual because they 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 have done promotional stuff that other people haven't done. And I was reading, you have a game called a Game Changers at every year, and the, and this is probably linked in with this. Yeah. So they choose one game a year to just really ramp up like and multiply their um promotion and talking about it and getting people along to it so um the game changer um this year will be around easter mm. um so um yeah the, the one last year had 4837 it was a record again for yeah, you yeah it's incredible for so so company. by promotion you have seen that if yes. you do the promotion or if you do the double headers, you yeah. you can attract more people in, which is really interesting. Yeah, okay, well, we've got you here, so we better find out more about you for a start. Um, and we're going to turn to Nicole first, oh, well. only because Yay. she's uh, <laughs> you are the Peter Stringer, I like to think, of you, at the Irish team, oh. in that uh, you are small, you are deadly, you are fast, and you annoy the opposition in a great way. And that's always a brilliant thing for scrum Her hair is to better, do. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to claim I have more of it anyway, but... <laughs> Well, how did you um, how did you get into rugby? Um, it was actually funny. Um, there's a local rugby pitch about 800 metres from which is? my home at home in Limerick. Yeah, which is? What's the clip pitch? Uh, Richmond. Right. And I was probably on my way out to terrorise a couple of neighbours by kicking the ball <laughs> off their front door and whatnot. But as I walked around the corner, there was an egg-shaped ball being thrown around. So I asked, could I join in? But... About 40 minutes into it, I realised it was only all boys. Yeah. Um, in, in, <laughs> How did it take you 40 minutes John, to realise John, can we see the picture? Have you got the picture there? Can we see this picture? <laughs> I just think that picture is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, By coincidence, you're also wearing the Irish colours. Absolutely. Is that your first Irish cap? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But that is absolutely I'm gorgeous. Sure I'm bigger there than I am now. <laughs> yeah. So, what, is that is that Richmond or who's that, that is them? Yeah, that's them. Uh, what age were you? Uh, there, I'm probably about twenty-two. <laughs> I, strangely enough, I'd say I'm about 
11, right. 10 or 11 there. An old boys team, obviously. Yeah. And did you take to it straight away? Did you uh, love yeah, it? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, and because it was all boys and I was a girl, obviously, there was questions asked. But because we were so young, um, yeah. it was fine. So um, loved it, loved going down with the boys. In fairness to the boys, they kind of minded me for a finish. Yeah. And often, um, very, very often happens, I think, if you're the only girl. Yeah. yeah, so I ended up staying with them until it got to the stage where you had to change because of yeah. age and yeah. everything else that comes 14, with it. 14, 15, I presume, yeah. I think I was turning 14, Yeah. and yeah. then I finished up with them. Now I'm still massively involved with that club. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so it was, it was nice enough. It's, and then you went to Gary Owen? No, no, I actually went to Shannon. At the time now, I was playing a bit of soccer as well. So I went out to Shannon and pay, played a little bit of underage. Right. Um, and I, they were kind of my club moving forward. But it was and you and you did. I, I, I figured this about you, even though I haven't seen much about it. You played, you played soccer. You were a good soccer player by the sounds of things. Yeah, I am. Um, it's, it's funny. Like as much as rugby was a big part of my life, I was probably more into soccer once I had to leave Richmond because of the age. Yeah. Um, I kind of kind of just stuck and clung on to soccer a little bit. So I played with Ashling and I got here and... Um, and how compared, like what level were you playing at? So I played Munster, um, the Gainer Cup that's ran yeah. at the moment still. I she played in that been. for a couple of years. Um, I was involved with the underage FEI set up for a couple of years. Um, I got... a. Uh, two or three caps at under-19s. Right. You, so you went that um, far with soccer? Yeah. Um, it was it was enjoyable now as well, so there was kind of a break of rugby at that stage. Yeah. And then I went to the States for two years. I thought I'd seen you, you'd seen a connection. Where in America were you? Uh, if you're a fan of Wizard of Oz now, you'll enjoy this one. I was blown Kansas. <laughs> were you? Yeah. <laughs> with your little red boots. I was going to say, I actually got a pair of red boots as a present for the trip. You fit right in there. I had red boots. You were playing university then? Did yeah, you get was, a scholarship? I was in Hutchinson Community College at that stage and I was there for two years. I came back and forth over the Christmas right. and things and I played a little bit of rugby when I used to come home. Um, then I was due after I finished up the second year there, you generally only do two years yeah. in a junior college. I had signed a four-year deal right. to go to Missouri, the University of Missouri, but I came home that summer and it just wasn't for me anymore. Right, you knew. When I was signing it, I was all for it and everything and I came home that summer and as the weeks were moving on, there was just something in me that didn't want to go back. Really? So I ended up taking the plunge and deciding not to go back. Right. And I ended up staying at home. So you stayed home. What age were you? Um, by the time I came back, I was 22. 22, and you're 27 now. Yeah. So that's a big decision to make at that period in your life. And we've, we've had lots of scholarship, you know, in different sports scholarship students on off the bench. And they all, everybody's different. Some people love home. Some people miss that aspect of home. Yeah. But was it, was it, the, was it the college system or was it the sport or was it... Missing home or what was it for you? I think there was probably a lot of things in it. Um, I've always been a home bird anyway, but I had kind of got over that aspect because I had been there for a while. Yeah. But I kind of fell out of love with soccer, to be honest. Did you? So because I didn't enjoy soccer, um, yeah. the college part of it just wasn't for me. Like, right. I was only I was only in college to play soccer. It was never something that I was <laughs> like a lot of us. You were going to college I, for sport. I was trying to just make ends meet so I could yeah. play ball, but yeah, um, yeah. I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And it's funnily enough, I've not 
I've played one game of soccer since I came home from the States. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, You're so, obviously brilliant to tell that. Um, there's rugby, there's a rugby in your family a bit, is there? There's a small bit anyway. Yeah. What's your relationship with Sean Cron in the Irish International? Uh, Sean Cron's my first cousin. First cousin. My dad and his dad are brothers. Right. Wow. And you are a classic example of all sizes and shapes fitting in uh, in rugby. Because we were laughing outside. I'm five, two and a half. Nicole is even tinier than I am. Um, and yet it's amazing how you can be so powerful on a field. You know what I mean? And did he give you advice when you went to rugby or did you ask him about it? Um, I think the advice we got was kind of just being battered around the garden. It wasn't kind of like... <laughs> Nothing formal. Yeah, so it was just kind of... We, we were close enough growing up. Right. So we used to always be out with a ball and things and from a young age now you could see Sean was going to make something of it. Right. Um, so then when it kind of started getting a bit better for me going forward, like he'd send you the odd message after a game and say, Lovely. Look, yeah. I think you should do this a bit better or you might be able to work on this. <laughs> The compliments say, I, I, I'm, I'm a talented back. Please don't even give me a <laughs> And the compliments came as well, so it was, it was good, yeah. Great. And uh, presumably then you get went into, into the monster system then at some stage. Oh, I, my story seems to be getting longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually wasn't home from the States too long before I went into the sevens. Right. Um, I'd say I was... You were sevens player of the year in 2014, so... I was. Yeah, there you go. So it didn't take it too long to make... <laughs> yeah, to make that up. Um, yeah, so th- that would have been the year I came home. Right, straight into it. Yeah, so I'd say I was in Limerick for maybe eight weeks by the time... I'd made the decision not to go back and ended up in Dublin. And because the Sevens, if people don't know, the Sevens actually, the team is based in Dublin. People come to Dublin, they work part-time and they train every, you know, they train together. So there's a collective system there. For yeah. The and so that was your route in then through the Sevens. Yeah, yeah so I was, um, I must have been four years, if not knocking on the door of five within right. the Sevens. Within the Sevens, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there were very established halfbacks there as well. So harder to oh, break into the, the Irish 15s. Yeah. Absolutely. Like yeah. you had Larry... Um, Tanya was only after stepping away as well, right. so there yeah, was kind Tanya of a bit of... But you had Larry, Mary Healy. Yeah. So I, it wasn't uh, going to be a case that you get to walk in and just take yeah. it, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you break back into it. Absolutely. All right, well, look, it's interesting, because I, I was always curious where the soccer... I knew there was a soccer connection, but I didn't know where it had taken you or how far you'd gone with it. Um, which obviously, she's going to win a kick about if there's one out, uh, out of training any day. Um, Limerick, Munster, on this side to me, Limerick... Not Limerick, but Munster. And of course, the whole Munster Cork, Munster Limerick thing, I'm sure is always great crack. Um, Anna, first of all, capeless, am I right? Yeah. Now I will always see you as not having a cape on. That's how I'm going to remember it. Because we always argue over how do you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, Where are you from originally? I'm from Mallow, County Cork. Right. And how did you get into rugby? Um, So, similar that I would have been playing like in the garden, like with my brother, like two, two of us just beating the heads off each other, you know. Um, and I always give him a lot of credit for, you know, uh, I suppose the physical the physical aspect of rugby and how I just yeah. came came naturally to me when I picked it up. But I only picked up rugby when I was um, 17. So there was an announcement on the intercom one day in school and they said there's going to be rugby tomorrow night down in the town park with Mallow, Mallow underage girls setting up a team. And... Um, I had been obsessed, like I was obsessed with Munster, like from when I was about 11 or 12, like I used to go with my dad and my brother to the Munster games. The obsession John outside will show us just how big this obsession is maybe as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, because we can see it there. An obsession that goes to even wearing a rugby ball on your head, that's very impressive. I love that hat, you know. (laughs) The worst part is you could still see her wearing it now. (laughs) 
<laughs> I still have that hat. I have had that hat. You, 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 you went to was, a, this woman went to a Heineken Cup final <laughs> just before her leaving cert. Is that right? I'm amazed yeah. your parents allowed you to do that. How close to the leaving cert was it? Like oh, same weekend? That, that was two weeks before my leaving cert. <laughs> I was having a great time. As you can see. But but there wasn't even a question. Oh. I don't think I even needed to ask. I think it was just understood in the house that Rugby once mad. you get to a final. You're going. And I would be there. I was in Wales, I think, wasn't it? That was, yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, and I, so yeah. you must have played other sports, though, because an awful lot of your transfer, you know, your dual, dual, dual-sided dual sports, a lot. Of, we find this all the time with uh, women's teams in Ireland. So what else did you play before you took up rugby then? You were 17, you only started. Yes, yeah. So I would have started with a tennis racket in my hand because my mum is a tennis coach. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so tennis out in the in the back garden, um, for years and um, golf then as well because in Mallow the golf and tennis club um, are together on the same site so played mm-hmm. tennis and golf um, Did you have a golf handicap? Did you play competitive? Yeah, I, I did Yeah, um, what did, I got it down a few shots but um, I underage, was Underage golf can, is very girls golf is very competitive in yeah, Ireland Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great and I, actually I was I was good at it and kind of the more I trained um, kind of uh, with rugby and I, I maybe only played a handful of times after I picked up rugby but I could feel my shots getting better because I was getting stronger and things like that so there's yeah. a strength, strength yeah so when I retire I'll probably go back to it um, and try to get a few more shots off my handicap but um, so golf and tennis golf and tennis two swing sports yeah swing yes, sports yeah but then of course like um, uh, gilly football and camogie and hurling and football with the boys then as well from a younger age so um, with Kilchanik, um and Drumahan National School where I went to, to primary school and then St Mary's Secondary School played all those and we had a great basketball team in our school yeah, we'll say they, did, they were basketball yes, school yeah. well. so and then how did you make the jump then from down the park first night out for the Mallow Girls or whatever and suddenly then how do you get into into provincial club and provincial um, do you know what it's it probably sounds like a cliche but it's definitely true for me my life actually changed that Friday night at half seven when I went down to to the park to Mallowtown Park I came home like destroyed in mud <laughs> beginning a, a legacy of muddy gear in our house you know so um, I actually was in the shower after that night like washing off all the mud and I was singing <laughs> the fields of Athen Rye at the top of my voice <laughs> and I never see you <laughs> I know you're glad at that time, but I actually <laughs> didn't realise I was singing because I was actually just like so happy on cloud nine, like, and I was like, oh my god, that's so embarrassing. And I, do you know what? My my uh, my life changed that night because it just took over. And like, I did continue with other sports, but my focus was fully on rugby. And like that, um, that under eighteen team was just an an unbelievable team of girls. We were so, such a strong group, like traveling to matches. My coach, Mervyn, um, was just such an inspiration. He had so much faith in us. And um, at the same time, a monster, I remember I found it on the internet. Like, <laughs> was the internet even a thing? Invented. <laughs> yeah, I found it on the internet um, and it was updated and everything. There was a monster girls website and it said that there will be a monster girls trial in two weeks time and I think this was the same week that I had started so actually I went to that Munster Rugby under 18 trial a couple of weeks later I love your attitude that is great <laughs> yeah and I made Munster under 18 that year Captain Munster, Munster under 18 the following year and then from that went straight into Munster senior women's team so I yeah. was the baby in Munster senior women's team for a, a long time how um, long were you when you went into the Munster I team? was uh 
I must have been 18 right, yeah. or was I 17 I'm not sure but 17 18 um and was like getting the results of my leaving search and stuff so they said uh it's Fiona Steed she announced congratulations to Anna who got um a uh, really good result in her leaving search and will go to UL and all of the UL both st- players started cheering <laughs> and then yes another one. Fiona another Steed, one Fiona Steed was like hang on a second she could go to Shannon <laughs> and they were all laughing yeah. um Brilliant. Fiona Steed former Irish international obviously and coaching and the, and Munster women are really interesting as a model we talk about women and why more women aren't in coaching off and off the bench and most women are really interesting because they have so many women involved in the coaching of the women's teams down there and an all an all female pa- panel coaching their this senior year. team this year yeah. which is amazing yeah. so that's so that was your route mm-hmm. Hannah I suspect your route was very different yeah, it's amazing it how goes. different routes you all have yeah, I so I uh, your family it. confused me for a start because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they started yeah. off in Kildare and then yeah. they moved to Galway when you were what age oh when we were I was going into sixth class at the time. Right, so before we started moved, secondary. Yeah, so I held that against them for a long, long time. <laughs> we had moved from a gorgeous house in the countryside to Bank Smack in the middle of Lockray town, looking out across that Supermax. That was about the highest. That was, that was supposed to be a good ah. selling point. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so uh, that's where we moved to. So that's when uh, we kind of everything kind of changed we like obviously growing up in Kildare playing football I presume like, similar to yeah playing yeah. football it was Clane was a big uh, football kind of village and it was playing football with the lads up until a certain age and then playing with the girls team when they yeah. initiated that and then moving and then all of a sudden you're in Lockray which is camogie obsessed so gave that a little go for a while then wasn't as in love with that so played golf was actually my main thing as well uh, growing up so oh. that was that was what consumed golf off we can have yes. a golf off it must be a forward <laughs> <still. laughs> no, yeah I got, I got not too bad with it I hadn't got the patience to, to keep it going like did I played it for yeah I did I got that? down to six six was my best oh wow yeah, you were so. serious golfer I've been at it since I was about I think when I moved to Galway like my mum and dad were always into golf so we'd always kind of gone down and hit a few balls with them we lived in Kildare even and then we moved to Galway I was kind of got my own club but if you were playing off six were you playing were you making Irish schools teams or no no I wasn't I was I played for Connacht I played underage for Connacht so I played under 18 for Connacht up until yeah up until I was kind of 16, 17, 18 that kind of age and then obviously did the leave insert and it, it's very time consuming like Anna will know that as it well is. it is it takes up like it takes up your whole yeah. weekend so when you're obviously going to college then and you're trying to get it obviously working in the shop as a part time job it's hard to keep it going yeah, and a lot of people actually who are good young golfers don't keep it up because when difficult. they go to college yeah. or start work because of time it's so it is difficult unless you're obviously on a scholarship for golf and it's your main yeah. your main thing and so, I, I loved it it wasn't that I fell out of love with it it was just the time consuming aspect and moved back up to college then in Pats in Dublin from Conrad doing teaching and then got back into a bit of soccer there as well I played a little bit at home got back into soccer there playing a bit and then it heard that rugby was kind of going on but never really got into it until played tag when I was about 21 to play the yeah. tag rugby with oh. the girls and then there's of course there's the few girls who play in the rugby clubs going around come and play you'll try it with us so yeah. then joined CYM over in Terenure and played there for so I was about 22 till about for about three or four years and then decided I'd make the jump to Black Rock purely to give it a crack and see how far I could push it but loved it I could never look back that was my only regret that I joined it so late like, I, I, get I mean Black Rock really has a huge history people might realise it but like the Rockets the Rock, Black Rock was one of the first strong women's rugby clubs oh, yeah. in Ireland yeah, and great. has a great history so and and appear to be strong now there's a gang of you back obviously on the Irish panel yeah. and you've just 
got your first cap. Well, hopefully that's the plan. This You're, week. You've been picked yeah. on the panel for this uh, Autumn International yeah, yeah, on so, November the tenth. Yeah, so that's the hopeful hope, the goal. Like I was involved last year with the girls in the in the squad from kind of no, end November last year. Right. I've been getting the experience, squad experience. But yeah, this would be my first hopefully cap this weekend. So. Brilliant. So yeah. all of you different routes. It's funny, um, but but the people will wonder now. Okay, so you get into an Irish panel and you're in an Irish squad. Things might be slightly different for Anna, we'll talk about it in a minute. But Nicole, I mean, how do you train with Ireland and how much time together do you get and, and, and where, where have you just come from, actually? I mean, are you, are you, do you get together on a weekend base regularly or how does it manage? Because I presume, you, are you working? Yeah, I'm, I'm based out of Limerick full time. So And you're uh, working down there? Are you yeah, working? I am. I'm working in the wastewater treatment plant below. So right. And you're primary school teacher? Primary school teaching in Lucan. Right. Yeah. And uh, you're actually teaching as well in England at the moment? Uh, are you? I'm not actually. I'm a foundation development officer for the Harlequins Foundation. Oh, right. Which I started uh, just a few months ago. Linked so. to the club? Yes. Right. Yeah. But your background is originally in teaching yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So how do you combine work and training for province or for Ireland? How does it work? I do think that you need a bit of lenience from work as well. I it's do. not really much. It can, it's very time consuming. Um, it's more sort of fact that this year has been really good because there has been more camps. Um, and, and what are camps? Are they weekends? or what So are they're they? weekends. And this year for the first year, we've co- we come in on a Friday evening. Um, which can cause a bit of yeah, hassle. Yeah, time off work. Yeah. With work, um, my job are exceptionally good at giving yeah. me the time. It doesn't seem to be an issue, but it is Friday evenings until Sunday afternoons. And where are the camps? Are they Dublin or did they move them around? No, we are based out of Dublin. We're based out of the High Performance Unit in Abbottstown. Right, out um, in Blanchestown, yeah. 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 So you all have to get there. And is it would it be like two weekends a month or is it that regular? Um, It kind of, it changes in yeah. a sense. Like we do get a plan and yeah. a schedule as to what it's going to look like. But you're always looking at two or three weekends out of a month. Out of a month, right. That's not for 12 months of the year. Yes, like, of course. You know, it's so your season. It's during your season. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of chopped and changed a little bit um, and would so. you Hannah would you have started for this season then would you start in August or when's pre-season yeah, like we would have had it? see pre-season I suppose it's different for club and interprovincial yes. because during the summer you're flat out with interprovincial stuff and everybody yeah. is is tipping away at that and you're kind of you're con- you kind of take a break after the AIL season and the club season finishes then you get into interprovincial and you're training all summer with that group then you finish that and you kind of have a little kind of couple of weeks of a lull and then you're kind of they kind of overlap at the end with club and interprovincial a little bit then you're straight back into club and then Ireland kind of kicks off again but we have had camps uh, national camps uh, throughout the summer as well kind of meeting up with each other. yeah okay. we would have had a good few camps during the summer as well and as as Nicole said there it's great to have the Friday it kind of feels like you've extra time I think the Friday they have the pros and the cons to them but it's nice to kind of yeah. get in on the Friday you feel like you get an extra little bit of time with you each other you get in well. on Friday afternoon or Friday, Friday evening Friday, so Friday evening, evening exactly so, have, yeah. so a lot of the arguments <clears throat> in, in recent years were they weren't getting you together enough you weren't getting enough time together that has clearly improved and you feel that there's more to I time I think so anyway yeah, yeah. Yeah. getting together I, now you're based in England which is interesting because we hear so much about the professionalisation of the game in England and people getting paid and all the rest mm-hmm. are you rolling in it and have you a full time professional contract over there <laughs> Yeah, um, I need to update the parking ticket on my Mercedes. Actually, 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 when I didn't, yeah. when I didn't get a message from an, an agent, I figured we were okay oh, to yeah. get you in. No, yeah. you're definitely okay. Um, <laughs> What's the story in England with, club, with, with, with people at club level? Are some people being paid in England and some not? Yeah, it seems so. I actually, I don't know fully. 
I don't know if anyone knows fully who is, who isn't. It's all at the discretion of the clubs. Right. But, the, but there are some clubs that have decided to pay their players. Right. Um, whether it's a match fee or a retainer fee, obviously that's different from the English girls who are being looked after by the RFU. And so the, we know in whatever, two years ago, they started to give mm-hmm. the international senior players in England contracts. Contracts. Exactly. And then to, to link up with that, the clubs are responsible for... Um, you know, uh, delivering programs to those right. uh, girls. So, for example, the Harlequins girls have sessions that are delivered by Harlequins because Harlequins are part of Tyrone's Premiership. Yeah. 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 Um, so, for me, um, I I train in the afternoons because um, I can avail of those sessions as well, the ones that are on the afternoons from from that Harlequins put on. Right. I go to gym and uh, skill sessions in the afternoons. Not every afternoon, but it does mean that I have to come out of work early, not just on a day for travel to camp, but um, for training on a Monday afternoon, for example. Right. But I, you know, I applied for my job, uh, which actually it's the same, you know, it's under the same banner of Harlequins, but the foundation is the charity. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a work, yeah. it's a work. And, you know, yeah. I, I applied for that job and did the interview and they didn't give it to me because I'm a women's player. I applied for it and, you know, and and... But I said to them, and they they were very understanding because they wanted my experience as a, as a coach and as a player, and you know all the other things that I bring. Um, they wanted to make it work, so they said we can make a timetable to work around you. Yeah, so that's that was my, that's my decision to work kind of less than full time. Then what you're saying is Quinns actually have training sessions during the during the day, mm-hmm. which in an Irish club for Black Rock or for UL Bows, you never you don't have anything like that. Well, all you know, all your um, club training is all at night. Nice. Our club training work. is yeah. in the evening. In after work. Yeah. Our gym sessions that be delivered by the RFU are in the morning, so you get them done before you go to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did, I, did I hear you say in the interview saying that you were in the gym at 20 to 6 in the morning? You oh, had to yeah. go to bed at that hour, for God's sake. Wow. Yeah. 20 to 6? You will be, yeah. I'm living out in Clean, so to get up. And to come up. into town. Where, yeah. where do you use. Well, I we'd be we'd be out well when we're out in Abbottstown right. that's where we'd have to so go it would be earlier it would be earlier for Abbottstown if it's it's 20 to 6 if it's if I'm popping to it to say out of national gym hours right. if you're doing it myself it'd be 20 to 6 to make sure you can do it before I get into work right. if it's gym with the girls in yeah. in uh, in the Ireland and in, in and and as you're based any of the people who are based in Limerick will say for example do you can you do your gym sessions in a centralised place in Limerick we're based out in Munster High Performance in, yeah. in UL in UL so oh. it's so that's all in place for you then yeah, yeah. okay um, and at the moment, this is this winter has been unusual. We were hoping that they'd give you two autumn internationals because everyone says you need games, you need games. They've only given you one, but they've done something slightly different, Tana, this year. So where have you just kind of come from in, in terms of camps? Yeah, the girls, we've had uh, the last two weeks have been fairly full on for the squad in the sense that we've been over in France just this week on for a five-day training camp with the five French. Days. Yeah, which was invaluable, I think, to the... To the squad I don't think there. that's ever happened before. I think no, that's I the first. Think so, no, yeah, that's the yeah. first to my knowledge anyway. And then yeah. the week previously then with Scotland for the same thing. It was just a slightly shorter span, but again, a, a kind of a training camp and game situation against them. So where right. they're not classified as test games, you know, yeah. you're not going over there. And so. you're over training in their facilities, presumably not looking over the wall to see what they're doing. But do you come together for games or did you even have, did you have anything else? What, like, what was you, the interaction? Yeah, Anna, you, Anna, were, you yeah. were in France, which was a bit more... Joined as yeah. opposed to Scotland was. But. Yeah, we had so the Scotland one. It happened. It, we had the same thing last year actually, where Scotland came to us. Yeah. Um, but with France this year, we went and we stayed in there as was their equivalent to, uh, the of their high performance centre yeah, in Marcus's. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we did. Uh, 
a lot of our own sessions because obviously we're learning our plays and our, our, our moves and everything for, for this year. And then we did a technical session uh, with their um, forwards coach and the, the French forwards. So we were scrumming against each other. Brilliant. and Yeah, it was really nice, actually. The giants. Mother yeah. Of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. They're not that big. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, not, not that big when you take them down. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So that was really nice just to see how they tick and how they work. And, yeah. you know, they're... And sharing, you're sharing technical expertise, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was... And really games and games against them as well. Yes, yeah. Been. And just to see how they train, you know, they do... Uh, we, we we got our schedule. It was like seven thirty forwards meeting at wherever for a scrum session. Breakfast eight thirty. So we're like, well, we're doing scrums before breakfast. <laughs> right? Okay, let's let's go with it. And uh, you know that's that's what the French girls do. Not every day, but when they have um, yeah. their full on days, they will do scrums before breakfast, where the backs are just sleeping in. And, uh, <laughs> the backs, we right. have to do the hairdressers on the day. <laughs> So interesting. And if I think I, I is it true that the French some of them might be on contracts as well? Yeah. So they have a high performance system there and there yes. and then they're on contracts. Yeah, I I probably I, I don't understand it fully, but I know yeah. that they are yeah, they're getting money to play yeah, rugby. Yeah. yeah, it's supporting them. Yeah. Interesting because as I said, we, we look at it and we were even talking this week, like how do you fund women's sport? How do you fund women's team sport? If you don't get the same amount of crowds in, mm. you're not getting people through the gates, how do you fund it? But um this week is a very interesting week because the Australian soccer team, women's soccer team, um the Matildas as they're called, mm. they are after signing contracts that are they're after getting the same contract agreement as their men and people say it's quite historic it's happening some pl- different places over the world but can you ever imagine a day Nicole when you get paid to get play rugby and get exactly the same you know experiences as the men I think um, I think it's something we could hope for and wish for um, yeah I think things are being put into place to make things better anyway and make it more feasible to be getting a return when you're at the loss of maybe a day's work or yeah so I do think for maybe a couple of generations coming up um things will set down now I'm not too sure if it'll ever be even keels yeah but I I think it's definitely making progress in the sense of they're getting the right in, yeah, yeah in general, I, I think a couple of generations after us might yeah. benefit a bit more from it. Yeah, there was a big 2020 discussion yesterday and the, yeah. that was one of the questions was, could, could, could you ever see a situation? And um, people were saying, well, it might not exactly ever be the same, but there's a, there's a whole load of progress that could be made. Yeah. Yeah. I think the foundation it. has been set. It's just about keeping to keep building on it. Yeah. But we'll just have to keep moving forward with that. Yeah. Um, uh, next year, interesting Six Nations. Obviously, playing Wales in November the 10th is only a couple of days away and in Autumn International. First game next season is home game, Six Nations, Scotland. Coached, by the way, by Philip Doyle, the ex-Irish manager, Goose as we know him, um, which is going to be a really interesting start at the season. Um, and then you have, is it, are you, is it the home, are you away to England and France in Six yeah. Nations? Yeah. Diff- diff- always difficult to travel there. Yeah. Um, also, World Cup qualification, am I right, Fee, this, in this coming year? And yeah. when does that happen or do you know when that happens? September of next year. September next year. So it's twenty twenty. Then is a big year for you. Yeah. Massive year. Yeah. Massive year for you. Yeah. And 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 it was a difficult year last year. I would say. I I looked at even the squad that's just been picked for this, and I counted of the squad that's just been picked for this autumn international, only eleven of that team were in the squad 
in 2018. There's been a massive turnover mm. and you've lost some iconic players mm-hmm. even in the past summer. Yeah. Ali yeah. Miller has retired. Yeah, that's right. I think um, obviously after uh, any World Cup, there's going to be kind of an exodus of older players. And um, then if, you know, there are players, for example, Ali, who just wanted to, to a few more years, you know, and felt she had a few more years in her, but maybe not to go to quite as far as the World Cup. You know, yeah. so You're still playing club, still playing yeah, provincial. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just stepped away from. The and when you so. have a hard year like you had last year, like I think there was some really poor results. The Six Nations lost to Italy, which hadn't happened before. Mm. Like, how do you get your heads around that, and how do you stay motivated? Um, it it was it was tough, but you know, we 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 want. Um, the same as what other female athletes in the country want. You know, you want recognition and you want, but you have to get good results. So that's that's what's that's what's inspiring us. Actually, the hockey girls came in and spoke to us last year. About did they? They yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. When? Um, before the Six before, Nations. Before one of the games, they presented France. the jerseys they for one of the games. Presented our jerseys before France, I think, to the <laughs> girls. It was just really nice because we're, you know, even though it's they've got a a stick in their hand, you know, we're actually all on the same on the same page, yeah, yeah. like. And, and they just, had serious struggles at times as well. That's right. That's right. So um, I can't remember who exactly it was that said it, but she said, you know, you you don't know how close you are to actually break Exactly. She yeah. said it could be tomorrow. So you don't know. So and I that really stuck with me. But I think I think we're all we all understand that anyway. Like we all we're not just here just to, you know, just to, just to fill a jersey yeah. and just to get the free year. We actually really want to achieve something so that I think from that um, from that respect it's easy That's to, what to, drives to stay, you to stay yeah. motivated yeah. yeah and Hannah you I mean an interesting point really we again we even look at your age profile Nicole is 27 only started you're 30 you're 20, 29, 29. Yeah. so we're still in that generation where you weren't rugby players from kids yeah. a lot of you adapted and became rugby players whereas the generation that are going to come behind you mm-hmm. they are going to be first Rugby is going to be first yeah, and centre exactly. for them, and that is going to affect their skill level from a very early age, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's only going to benefit the future of the grassroots getting it down at that level and and bringing it up through it. Mm. I suppose, as Anna said, like we're not here just to to fill a jersey. Like I suppose when you're getting the opportunity to represent your country, it's the highest of accolades that you want, and you want to leave the jersey in a better place every time you get the opportunity to wear it, whether that be in training or whether that be on on a yeah. test match pitch. But yeah, they're going to definitely be the under 18s in the process that are coming up. I think they're going to definitely be putting the game in a better place. And well, you look at somebody like Bavian Parsons who came mm. what made her debut last year. Was she yeah. seventeen? She hasn't. She's doing her leaving. I think she was sixteen when she sixteen. Yeah. Unbelievable. She's doing. She she'll do her leaving this year, and she's yeah. playing our senior. That is incredible. But that's what's going to affect the skill level, I think, and also that that permeates through a squad as well. When somebody comes in with such brilliant skills, I think it affects everybody else as well. You nearly start working harder. Do you know what I mean in your head? you're thinking where are they coming from yeah. so that's a huge part of it for you going forward isn't it Nicole yeah yeah. I think um, like that we just you need them coming up younger as opposed to starting so late um, and I think like I said earlier I think foundations are in place and I think there's a big, bigger emphasis on underage teams and clubs that would have been primarily boys teams Yeah. so I do think they are putting the emphasis on to get them started younger so I think going forward it'll and be And do you see that at club level even in, in, in Limerick whether it's Richmond or Garyon we have a lovely photo of you here with uh, with a young player and I was just curious to, as to where that happened or how but uh, that's Aww. a really cute photo What age is she like? As I got told very quickly afterwards do not bend down to kids that are not that small 
Um, that's actually blown Richmond. That's uh, in, in your yeah. own club. So they would have been primarily a boys team. And then they kind of got started with um, Is it a tr- senior team, a, a kind of a development team. It was for people that wouldn't have had a great skill set to go down. And I think it was more so to make friends and yeah. get active. Yeah. But it actually took off really well. And then they decided to get younger girls involved. So they're actually called the Richmond Rabbits. As oh, far I as love I'm aware, it. Yeah. That's a gorgeous name. Yeah. Richmond Rabbits. So they, they've started to put really good emphasis on getting young girls down playing and yeah. If they can't get them a game, they'll mix them in amongst the boys and they'll have a, a game below training. And right. And I talked to Kira Griffin this summer and she was saying, I don't know, they had camps down in her club in Kerry and they they were putting hundreds of young girls through the clubs. They had yeah, camps. Like she couldn't believe the numbers. Absolutely couldn't believe the numbers. I think that give it a try is massive. Give it a try is yeah, a huge thing. And that's a program so that the RFU yeah. have. Really? It was a brilliant drive behind that. I know I was involved over in Black Rock and you had girls coming that didn't necessarily have a brother or anything that played, that it was purely coming from word of mouth. So that was nice as well to literally expose them to it from to see them in eight weeks go from nothing just to catching a ball to actually tackling each other by week eight. And it's obviously the nervous part. You're like, oh, will they want to actually do this? I'm going to turn them off. But they love it. <laughs> and yeah. that's Physicality yeah. is what people love about rugby, men or women. It's yeah. that it's what what makes it stand out as a sport is that physicality, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you obviously loved it that first night. You're covered in mud. You're in singing in the shower, but yeah. you actually got such adrenaline kick out of oh, knocking yeah. people over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's I suppose a big challenge. Um, you know, when with girls in particular, I suppose, and their parents with with boys as well, and their parents are kind of worried that they might get injuries or whatever. But you know you recover from an injury and it teaches you resilience and it teaches you how you need to adapt. Like if you're right-handed um, and you need to use your left hand for the, you know, you have to learn how to adapt to these situations. To learn how to tackle. We always say that people, they teach you how to tackle. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You don't I, get hurt I actually was um, coaching just yesterday and a, a bunch of year 11 girls and they were saying, oh, we, we can't come to training tomorrow because we've got revision or whatever. And I was just telling them some of my stories and you know, you need to stay active and you need to, um, you know, you can't give up sports when you're studying for your exams. You need to be outside and all the rest. And I told them then that I actually broke my hand before my leaving cert, <laughs> oral. Um, so actually, it was great. Like I, I went in with the cast and I'm like, oh, caught a horla. I was like, well, 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 I tell you, good woman. So, so, and I like, I'm not recommending that anyone go and break their hand before they're oral. Like, but you can guide it here. But it, it gives you <laughs> stories and it teaches you things. And you know, yeah. like injuries are 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 not the biggest thing. You know, what you gain from a team sport, especially a team sport like rugby outweighs that phenomenally and it's it's a recurring theme with this it's it's the kinship it's the sisterhood it's the fun part of team sport as well that often gets you through the really hard times as well yeah. you have a very interesting background uh, and not just because you play the ukulele which I heard um, <laughs> and, and dance a lot uh, is oh, yeah. she the only ukulele Nicola does anybody else Nicola does anybody else no, play the ukulele she's the only ukulele player on the Irish squad no Derv has one as well so but Anna's had this thing Oh, she has one yeah, as well. You've two of them. Yeah. I think you've had this thing. It's like a puppy that she's had with her. It's all it's short is a leash. It comes absolutely everywhere with her leash. <laughs> right, so I, there comes a time you're looking in the corner and you're like that thing again. Yeah, well, see, we we shared the same parameter at the World Cup, and I was like ukulele constantly, and the bag was just thrown around. So she, whenever she sees the bag, she thinks the World Cup. It was just so. like every time I turned around, the ukulele was there. I was like, <laughs> I, I, want, I wanted to bring it to camp this weekend. End, but I um, you've been banned. Tell the truth. No, I forgot <laughs> I left in the car. I was on the bus, and I was like, oh, I'm actually. 
you subconsciously knew that you didn't want to annoy me all weekend. But, but I did. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Sad. But I actually got my first ukulele from Nora Stapleton. Did uh, you? Yeah, I was talking. Nora Stapleton is a secret ukulele player. She's talking, no, no, no. no. <laughs> she, I didn't know this. I said, I was, all I was just, revealed. Well, I was just telling her, I was during, or before the World Cup, and I was like, I just want to learn a new skill, you know, maybe learn the ukulele. She was like, and I have one sitting at home, I can't play it, so you can have it. <laughs> you can have it. I was it. like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, yeah. So actually, I'll give Nora Stapleton. So Nora Stapleton <laughs> is to blame for the ukulele playing. Yeah, you can blame Sorry, it's Victoria. fine. She's getting a text message. <laughs> um, one of the things that's interesting about you, because, you know, I, I watch you, you were in Irish squads for a year, and then really, I would say only last year, you kind of broke into the team. Mm. Um, and we should say, your back row, you're a back row, she's a scrum half. Sometimes you can be too versatile or, you know, it's hard to break into a team when there are strong people there. Mm. Um, but you've travelled a lot. You've had, mm. I mean, you're 30, you've had a very interesting life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and explain to us why you walked away from rugby mm. after the 2017 World Cup when Ireland had a tough time. A lot was expected. Home home squad, everyone was like, oh, great. And the, the team, the generation before you were so successful. Mm. Um, you walked away from rugby briefly. Just tell us why and how did you end up in Japan? Yeah, so um, I studied languages because um, I wanted to teach. I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to teach languages. Everyone always asks me, oh, why didn't you teach PE? And it's like, well, you know, you can have other loves in life as well. So I studied Ger- German, Spanish and Japanese. Um, and I at the University of Limerick and I had two placements. I lived in Argentina for my Spanish and I lived in Vienna for my German. And I had no placement uh, remaining to for my, for my Japanese so I decided to drop Japanese while I was in UL and with the intention of going to Japan someday um, to learn it properly and just immerse myself in the language and, and learn it that way um, so um, after the World Cup I just um, I just wanted to kind of um, it was obviously a really a really tough year oh, and there was a lot of fallout there was a lot of people yeah. giving out about the IRFU giving out about the team it was a tough yeah, time it was, it was a tough time and I think that like because I had done those placements when I was younger, I put myself out of Munster and out of UL Bowes for about a year and a half, and I'm I'm happy, very happy that I did that and had that time traveling. Um, but it it just means that it kind of set back maybe what the age at which I was I yeah, kind of thought developing. that I might um get my first cap, but that was fine. I was kind of happy with that, so I didn't get my caps till later on. But after the World Cup, I just wanted a a bit of a sus and I wanted to take myself out of the bubble um so I traveled to Japan um as you do yeah <laughs> I just <laughs> booked it you know, one day I just I just was like okay I just really want to just book this flight so that I know how I feel about it so when I went to Japan I kind of my thoughts were I'll either, either put myself out of the bubble and be happy or which is what happened put myself out of the bubble and realized that that is definitely where I want to be and that that is what happened and I was lucky to um, meet a, a really wise Kiwi coach like really old school SNC that um, was coaching at a, a team in, in Tokyo and he asked me he was like oh, but you play for Ireland like what are you doing here in Japan and I explained everything to him and you know he really he spoke to me about it and he said you know like your window of opportunity to play sport is very small your window yeah. of opportunity to play international sport is extremely small so while you have you know the opportunity to do that um and you know he was right and I knew it and I just it was really nice to speak to this um you know complete stranger on the other side of the world to just kind of fully come around to it so I rang Griggsy Adam Griggs and I said I've I've made the the wrong decision here I'm happy to I'm back (laughs) and I'm happy to admit that and I I want to 
come back and play. Um, so just so you know, they'll be coming back to play. And if you're happy with how I'm playing, so I decided to come back to join Richmond last year, who I'd been playing with previously in, in London. Yeah, London. Um, and yeah, so got back into the squad after just a brief time away. It's only six weeks in the end, but just taking myself out of it for a little while was my own way of dealing with it. So if you hadn't met that guy and you hadn't had that chat with him, you might you might not have come back, which is interesting. Maybe, have you yeah. ever had periods where you've you know, are are you coming to it so much later that it's even keeps you enthusiastic? Yeah, all the I think time? that's probably why it's coming to it later. I'm like, damn, I should have come at it sooner. Yeah, yeah, that's my only regret is like you hear people or you see even like the younger girls in the squad like Baven and like Judy Bobbitt as well is only like 19 now. Yeah. Coming. God, you're so young. Yeah, she's yeah. Cap as so well. that's the thing. And no, I think guys definitely, like Anna said, that window to play it is very small and you're very conscious of that, especially the international window. So the fact that I changed clubs was for the reason to try and push for international level yeah. whether it happened or not to see how far you could push it just take a risk and go with it and I kind of have committed to it fully since then and no there's never been a time really where I wanted to step away from it um, you kind of get so obsessed with the, the goal at the end of it right. um, you, and Nicole yeah. you had injuries have you had injuries because you, you <laughs> were absolutely flying and you know you really were had got yourself into first choice and then what would you have was it ankle injury or what did you have I've I've been on the injury list now a couple of times far more times than I would have ever liked to have been um, yeah I went through about a year and uh, just over a year of really struggling with injuries um, last year it was an ankle issue yeah. um, it was just reoccurring all the time and yeah. I was just trying to get from A to B um, that happened just after the Autumn Internationals yeah. last year um, I was just trying to get from A to B and I was just I was trying to be in training and then I was trying to do too much yeah, a lot of people to make up for not being able to do it um, where are you now? I'm uh, fully healthy for the first time in a very long time um, right. I've started this season pretty well I start I got through the Interpros yeah. bit of club season and back in here since the start right. of the season so Touch wood. Touch wood. Touch um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in a good space it's at the a moment. really frustrating time Leah Lyons at the moment is yeah. Leah's out but she's had shoulder surgery hasn't she yeah so it's such a key part of the team now as well mm-hmm. but like it's part of everybody's career injuries happen you just have to manage them and that's the, that's the big challenge before we finish up a couple of things we have to ask you very important do you have a nickname Hello, Connor. um no, I no, I I get a variation of my name, Hans. Right. So nothing really. Right. Very I cannot believe sticking. it's not a fruit or vegetable. This one is oh, spot, yeah. <laughs> and this one is banana. Please, oh, no. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. so I automatically <laughs> imagine I might have possibly a variation of banana vegetable. with cucumber. I got goblin for a while. I'm a girl who used to play golf. Yeah, I got goblin because of my laugh. Why are you? Why are you spot? Is that back she looks like way? one. <laughs> <laughs> I did not anymore. <laughs> uh, when I was in the states, um, for some reason or other, the Americans just classed the Irish with potatoes. Oh, of course. Of so course. It, it, <laughs> I was it, wondering where it, for some reason from. or other, and it stuck, and it came home Don't with you? me. Hmm. And are you only banana just in your social media? Well, no. Anna people banana. in rugby call me banana. Um, <laughs> just Anna banana, but which um, people in England don't really understand because. Anna doesn't rhyme with banana in an English language. 
En een hele zaak. En een hele zaak. En een slangwindje. So, yeah. So, but, but lots of people call me banana in rugby. Uh, and, that is the connection. Yeah. Um, but before we let you go as well, um, uh, any tattoos amongst you? Because you can't be an international athlete anymore if you don't have a tattoo. Zero. Zero My tattoo. Zero tattoo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How many? I have two. You have one very unusual one. This one? Yes. Yeah. A, a, a tra- and who's going to have a tattoo of an Austrian tram? That is very random, I have to say. Yeah. Was that because you lived in Vienna? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's I, the Vienna tram. It's the, it's the tram from Vienna. And actually, strangely, I drew it. And then I went to the tattoo parlor of a guy that I was in primary school with. So he um, he straightened up the lines and he tattooed it on for me. But the, if you've ever been to Vienna, the tra- it's beautiful. You should go. And, where, um, and what's the other tattoo? The Oh, um, it's there. It's a... Oh, it's actually I I feel embarrassed explaining what it is, um, because I'm not um Maori. Oh, so, it's a, so it's a Maori, it's a Maori tattoo. tattoo yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking it was going to be? <laughs> oh God, no, no, no! But it's 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 a it's it's a rugby one. It's yeah. a rugby one. It's yeah. a Maori one. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, I'm amazed that you don't have more tattoos because you can't be an international rugby player now. There, the ink yeah. is everywhere. The men's teams are just ridiculous. The World Cup was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're covered in them. Yeah. Um, listen, guys, it's great to have you in. You're here because um, Ireland are playing Wales in their November Autumn International um, UCD Bowl one o'clock on November the 10th which is Sunday a few days away Um, but the one thing we always say on Off the Bench is the All-Ireland Leagues in all sports still continue and it's really important that we get people out that's where you build an audience that's where sponsors and people get interested that's where that's how women's teams are funded so the All-Ireland League has started you're on an international break it will go back I think the next round of games is they're on this Saturday there's there's games they're actually games on Saturday and then there's a break I think to November the 23rd and it goes the whole way through actually until next April so between the internationals there are still league games on Um, two new teams into the yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, this year, Suttonians and Malone from yeah. the north. So the game is growing at that level as well, and that's really important to support that. So we always say that on off the bench, we really have to get out on on the sidelines and support people. And we saw it with the hockey last weekend, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. you know, what an effect that has on the game, not just on the as players, but as and everything else. Mm-hmm. And the one other thing we mentioned before we finish up today as well is that. Um, Ireland women's soccer team you'll be interested in this one they're also playing next week and it's a really really important game It's they're unbeaten yep. uh, and third game in the Euro qualifiers yeah, against if Greece could, if they could scalp a point out of this now they'll be really set up yeah it would be brilliant so, yeah. it's an away game um, but we're ho- I'll let you know we'll let you know through Twitter whether uh, what the live feeds are on it would you know any of that team? Uh, yeah I know a couple of them I'd know um, I would have been when I was in there at under 17 so I didn't get capped but I was in there for a year or so trying to get involved and I would have played with Megan Campbell oh really yeah, yeah I would have been around her quite a bit and a small bit through the club system with Denise O'Sullivan and oh, bits I mean, of what a so player I, yeah Denise oh, O'Sullivan has just been made player of, of, of the season at the MVP of the season I think again with her club in America she's just an incredible player so that's on new manager obviously Avira Powell and it's really interesting to see how they're going and we were at the cup final at the weekend brilliant game congratulations to um, Wexford Youths for beating Pease super super FA Cup final really great game last weekend so again we always say let's get out there let's support them because that's what helps these people to get up at uh, quarter to six in the morning whatever it is and do the training oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great to have you
you in, guys. Uh, best of luck with the season. We'll be looking forward to the Six Nations. And the first game is against Scotland. I think it's February the 2nd next season, but it's a huge year for you. And we'll be behind you the whole way. So thanks, William, for coming in. Thanks, thanks for Thank you. Thanks to yeah. Banana. Thanks to Spud. And thanks to... <laughs> cucumber. <Dan>. Cucumber. <laughs> cucumber, exactly. Give her a name. Until the next time, folks. Thanks for listening and enjoy your sport.